happy girl. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another podcast of Women at the Well Ministries, where we believe that all of us have to come to Jesus like the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Our highest priority is making God real in your life. Whether you are listening in our app, in your favorite podcasting app, or on our website at watwm.org, we invite you to sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen your daily walk with Jesus Christ. What is the cost of discipleship? Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Matthew 16, 24. We are called to surrender all to Jesus. We are to put to death our rights to direct our own lives. We must die daily to the world and be willing to face whatever physical, emotional, and social obstacles that choosing Jesus in a sinful and wicked world may cause. The cost of serving Jesus pales in comparison to the rewards of knowing him as your personal savior and experiencing his unconditional and endless love. Join us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries as Kim takes us on a journey through the scriptures, revealing God's expectations of his children. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries. And what an absolute pleasure it is to be able to spend time with you in front of the throne of God in the scriptures as we read his word and begin to see what it reveals that we need to know and that we need to condition our lives to follow and to absorb and to embrace. And today's lesson that God has given me is certainly not one that uh, is easy to face, but nonetheless, it is true. There is a cost to discipleship. And I think so often we as Christians just throw away the, you know, around this term that we are Christians, that we are Christ-like. That's what we're saying. When in reality, we don't even take a moment to pause to think, how does my life reflect Jesus Christ? In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says that we're to renew our mind and we are to be transformed because of that renewing of the mind. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he tells us that old things are passed away and all things are become new and that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Yet for many of us, we don't take the time to really distinguish how God is exhibited in our lives. And we often don't realize that as a child of God, there are obligations that we are going to have. Now, let's all just calm down for a moment and realize that I am fully aware that we cannot work ourselves into heaven. That Ephesians 2, 8, 9 tells us it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I've got nothing in my salvation except the, re, the actual acknowledgement that I receive his salvation and understand who he is and place my trust in him. I'm just like each one of you. 
I had to come to Jesus and understand that I was a sinner in need of his salvation. There's no way to work my way into him. There's no way to work my way into heaven. But as James so eloquently puts it, because I am a born-again child of God, saved from the wrath of sin, changed into his likeness, I'm going to do works for the kingdom. And he is going to make me different than the world. And the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of me is going to speak to me and teach me and direct me. And as a result of that, there's a cost of discipleship. And Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24 says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The cross denotes a burden. It denotes an unwanted task. It denotes something that's going to cost you something. We are called to surrender to Jesus. And most of my life growing up on a very regular basis in the churches that I would attend, you would hear them sing, I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. It's an absolutely beautiful song. The melody is so wonderfully written. The words have such intense, great meaning. But I was most of my life scared to death to sing that song because I knew there were parts of my life that I was not surrendering to the Lord. There were parts of my heart that were not fully turned over to him. I got all of Jesus when I got saved, but it's been a process for Jesus to get all of me because I have this need sometimes, this fleshly desire to run my own life to take care of the things that are important to me, to fulfill the wants and the desires of the flesh. When he says, go, sometimes I want to just sit on the couch and be a couch potato. When he says, help this person, I sometimes want to say to myself, I think that person could help themselves. But I'm not God and I'm not the judge. My job is when he says, go help that person, to say, yes, Lord, here am I. My job is when he gives me a task to do is to earnestly and humbly do the task. See, I have to surrender what's important to me and surrender my will to him so that what's important to him becomes what is important to me. We put to death, we get, we, we, we get a rid of our own rights to direct our own lives. And if we were smart and gave it a moment's thought, we would realize that that's a good thing because we don't know what God knows. God knows the past, the present, and the future. And so when he tells us to do something, he's got a full, rounded perspective of what's going on. When you and I 
decide what we're going to do. We can only see our perspective. We only know what's in the here and now. And perhaps we know something of the past that had happened then, but we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't know what the next second will bring. We have no earthly idea what lies before us. And that's why we as Christians must be protected by God. We must put on the full armor of God that we find in Ephesians 6 so that we are able to withstand all that happens and in the cleft of his arms, we have the protection we need. And so we really shouldn't be directing our own lives because we're only seeing a piece. But he sees it all. He created it all, and he is greater than it all. But as Christians, the cost of discipleship is surrendering our lives to the Lord. And sometimes that means we're going to face some emotional, perhaps some social, and even physical obstacles. You may be tired when he asks you to do something. You may feel that you're inadequate to do the job he's requiring of you. You may simply just not like the task he's asking Sometimes you may even be dropped down a few levels in the task he's asking. And you're submitting yourself even to someone in this world that perhaps you don't think you should. But all of those things are in fulfillment of what God is asking you to do. And what you're really doing is you are saying, Lord, yes, here I am. See, we need to get our eyes off of the task and be laser-focused on the taskmaster who's giving us our directions. We must show up. We are not called to evaluate, examine, to judge, and to determine whether or not it's worthy of us doing. We are called to follow, to listen, and to obey. we got to show up, and we show up. As Colossians 3, through 24 says, doing it as if we are doing it unto the Lord because we are his ambassadors. And everything that we do, we do is a reflection of who God is in us. And we need the world to know that God is powerful, that God is all loving, that God is all knowing, that God is gracious, that God is merciful. And yes, that God will judge. We need to be good stewards of the work he asks us to do. We're not to be inspectors of the work he asks us to do. We're not even to be delegators or instructors of the work he asks us to do. We are to be willing workers doing the task he asks us to do. But I want you to know that the rewards of being a disciple for Christ far outweigh any of the personal cost it may cost you. His unconditional and his endless love is beyond comprehension. But God has an expectation for you and me to declare in boldness that we're either for him or we are against him. That's what he wants. You got to sign up for his army or you're in the other army. In Revelation 3.16, he says, So then because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, 
I will spew thee out of my mouth. This verse graphically depicts to us the negative impact of not making a purposeful decision to follow Christ. It's hard on you, and God disgusts it. He's disgusted by it. Because you're spiritually useless if you're neither hot or cold. So Jesus is going to spew you out of his mouth, and he's going to remove you in disgust. He's not going to stop loving you, because nothing can separate you from the love of God. We're told that in Romans chapter 8. But he will not be able to use you because you've lost your witness. You're no longer the salt of the earth. In Luke 14, Verses 30, verse 33, it says, So like so, likewise, whosoever be he be of you that forsaketh not all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. What is he saying there? He's telling us that God has to be everything to you. He has to be the most important thing in your life. He has to, you have to surrender your claim and give up all that we have to be his disciple. Now, you can't outgive him. I promise you he's not going to call for more than he will give you. But let's take a good look at what Luke 14, 33 says when he says surrender all. Let's look at what Jesus did. He could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world. But instead, he took your sins and my sins on the cross of Calvary and denied himself in his own will And he took on the sins of the world, the punishment, the torture, and shed his entire blood to wash away our sins because he was working for the greater good. Now, we're not Jesus, and I'm not claiming that we are, but we are Christ-like. And we must learn to surrender ourselves for the greater good you got to deny yourselves and your rights and your self-interest and surrender yourselves to God for his use and his service. In 1 Peter 5, 6, he says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. you got to submit yourself to God. Setting aside all self-righteousness, all of your worldly, fleshly pride, so that he can give you a place of honor in his service, at his appointed time. You've got to be willing to let him have all of you, to fill you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet so that you're like salt in this world. Luke 14, 34 goes on to say this, salt is good, but if the salt lost his savor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? Here Luke is reiterating that we're called to surrender all and that we have and all that we are is because of Jesus and we're to give that to him so that all that we have and all that we are can be used for his work and his glory. It's a privilege to be called to work for the Lord. It's a privilege to be part of his plan to build his kingdom. He didn't need us. But he allows us to be part of that amazing process of being his hands and his feet extended. But you got to surrender all. You got to surrender yourself to him that he may have his way in your life and fill you with his goodness. 
so that you can tell a lost and dying world that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man cometh to the Father but by him. That's what he tells us in John 14, 6. So what is the cost of discipleship? It's clearly written in Matthew 16, 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The cost of discipleships is that we are to be called to surrender everything we have to Jesus. We are to put to death our rights to direct our own lives. And that's a good deal, folks, because we don't have the knowledge and the ability he has to direct our lives. And we must die daily to the world. If you recall that the, Jesus washed the feet of the disciples, he didn't do it to save them again. He died once and for all. What he did was he wanted to wash the world off of them. And the world gets on us, and we need to wash it off of us so it doesn't become a stumbling block for us or get in the way of our relationship with Jesus. So we must die daily to the world and be willing to face whatever physical, emotional, and social obstacles that may come our way because we choose Jesus in a sinful and wicked world. He will protect us from the world when we put on the armor of God in Ephesians 6. He'll protect us from the world when we place our trust fully and wholly in him. I'll leave with you this thought. Joshua 24, 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Who will you choose? Jesus or the devil? Truly, these are your only choices. And you say, well, I would never choose the devil. When you don't choose Jesus, your default answer is the devil. And in this world, it may seem easier but we'll never be as blessed, you'll never be as happy, and you'll never know the peace that passes understanding. Today, you've got to look at your life and see who it is you're choosing to serve. And you've got to be all in. It's not like when you get in a cold pool in the summer and you start out with your feet and you kind of just get up to your ankles might get to your calves, and you kind of move to your knees. And maybe, just maybe, if there's enough time left in the day, you may get all the way under. But look at all that you lost between your foot and your head and how cold you were all in that time when if you'd have just jumped in with all you had and embraced that water in just a few moments, you would have been warm as toast. And the rest of the day, you would have stayed that way. It's how it is with Jesus. There is nothing to be gained by holding back and tiptoeing in the water. you got to take the plunge. you got to embrace him with all you have. you got to 
go all in and show up for Jesus. Remember, you are loved. Jesus loves you. Thank you for joining us in today's podcast. You can visit the show notes for quotes from today's podcast and scripture references. We pray today has been a blessing, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our app, our website, or our Facebook page. You can find our app by searching for Woman at the Well Ministries in your app store or through our website at watwm.org. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash watwm. If you visit our website, you'll be able to subscribe to Bible Bits, a daily devotion written by Kim and delivered Monday through Friday by text message. Woman at the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father. And it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. To learn how to partner with Woman at the Well Ministries, please visit our website. Thank you to the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us use their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. We are praying daily for our listeners. Remember that God loves you. You are loved. Happy girl